Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. In this episode, we're going to revisit an idea that I see quite regularly in a number of the prepper forums, and that is, what's a list of things that I need to prep? What do I need to do to get started? Now, we're not going to go back and rehash the getting started episode, but we're going to provide this list of things that you can look at when you're getting started, and we'll put this list in the show notes so that you can refer back to it. These are some things to help you get started. How about a case of water? Well, I was going to say, I think unlike a lot of other prepper forums, we're going to lead with water on this one Mm -hmm. because we can't stress enough how often water seems to be either forgotten entirely or it's so far down on someone's list that if they really do get in a prep situation, they find that they've got cases and cases of canned goods and very little water. And water is actually more important than the food. And the science has proven that. Science has proven that after about 72 hours with nothing to hydrate, you are pretty much at the brink. You mm-hmm. will not survive. You probably are not going to survive into that fourth day. And long before that, you're having cognitive issues. You're sluggish in your thinking. You're not making good decisions. So water, water, water. Water, water, water. A case of bottled water. So if you just start off with a case of water, yes. that's that's a good place to start. Also have multiple manual can openers for the obvious reasons. If you have no power, your electrical can opener is not going to work. And what are you going to do to open those cans that do not have a pop top? You've got to open them somehow. And a manual can opener. And we suggest for personal use, get the very highest quality, easiest use can opener. Because if you're in an electrical down situation... That manual is going to be used probably several times a day. And this is one of those times when you get what you pay for, pay for the quality. Exactly. You can buy a dollar store can opener, and they're good for about... Eight or ten. Yeah, and then they'll just they'll just freeze up on you. If they will, right. they're a dollar can opener. They get dull very quickly. They begin to slip. So invest in a good manual can opener or two. We're going to talk a little bit about food, storing food. We mentioned water uh, as being one of the most important things that you can do, but food is one of those next items, and hence the manual can opener. And we're talking about foods that you regularly eat. Absolutely. You know, when you go to the grocery store, one of the best ways to start or even add to your being a prepper is just pick up an extra can or two of those items that you will normally eat anyway. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if I'm, we, we love black eyed peas. And if I'm going to buy, sometimes my store has two for a dollar, I'll just go ahead and do four, two for my pantry and two for the prepper pantry. Right. And then I'll shop out of that pantry as I need, but I'm going to pick up some cans of foods. I'm going to pick up some bags of dried beans, rice, lentils, that sort of thing. Because we're going to be able to prepare that, and those types of things have a long shelf life. And that's that's what you're looking at here, is long shelf life. Now, if you get into our process, you're going to begin to rotate those at some point in time. Oh, yes, I do that very regularly. I know. And to tell you how well this works, we began this add-to system 
meaning add two items to our grocery cart when we're shopping each time we go to the grocery store. And even when you have rotated them, you've replaced them. So that's not the add to. If you use four cans of something out of the prepper pantry, you get those four replaced plus add to. And the way this has worked out for us, we began this, um, our sixth wedding anniversary is coming up this next month. Uh And we will have been doing this since we got married. And it builds up rather rapidly. So anyway, you need to look at those foods that you regularly eat. You don't want to be buying a bunch of broccoli if your family doesn't eat broccoli. Well, that's either going to be fresh or frozen. That's about okay. the only way you can buy broccoli. Okay. Well, Something else I'm excited about is I had discovered these dry soup mixes. Mm-hmm. And there's actually two varieties. One makes an eight cups of soup and one makes four cups of soup. The label will clearly indicate. So I actually stock some of both so that I can have on hand... If we're in a situation where we may be sheltering other people with mm-hmm. us in the house, I'm going to want that eight-cup soup because it, that's a, that's actually a lot of soup. And it's very delicious, and we make it here at the house just for meals anyway. Something else you want to be considering for your prepper pantry are spices and flavorings because what good is making a big bag of rice if you've got no salt to put in it because salt is just flavors everything and makes everything better. So we would recommend that you stock salt. You can stock regular salt, kosher salt, sea salt, pink Himalayan salt, just salt. You can buy salt and grind it. You can buy it already granulated. But salt is an extremely important flavor to have. Also black pepper, either in the whole peppercorn that you can grind or already ground black pepper. I love black pepper. Mark loves it better than I. So black pepper is great have on hand some sugar and again that can take various forms cooking spices such as garlic powder oregano uh, rosemary cinnamon chili powder cumin thyme sage basil bay leaves onion powder just to name a few there's certainly a whole lot more but those are sort of the basic fundamental foundational flavorings now what would you be using basil and bay leaves for in a shtf situation well basil is going to flavor my world famous spaghetti sauce Mm -hmm. and bay leaves go into that vegetable soup that you like that i make oh oh it just that's the flavor difference right there my friend do we have enough bay leaves around we've got a whole entire jar full of bay leaves and they're good Hey, listen, I just want to tell you about a couple of books that you need to add to your collection and give as gifts. I highly encourage that you go to Amazon and look up this title, Making Contact During Emergencies. This is information that may save your life or the life of someone you care about. If injured, lost, or found in a disaster or another type of emergency, this book was written by Mark and Krista Lolly. I'm Krista and Mark is my husband. Book number two that we wrote that we're especially proud of and has gotten a lot of buzz is entitled Practical Prepping for Everyday People. This is a common sense guide on preparing for life's emergencies. And when we say practical prepping, we mean the type of emergencies you're going to find yourself in day in and day out. Car emergencies, dead batteries, flat tires, storm damage, the roof has gotten blown 
blown off. You find that you have no power, no electricity, no devices are working. These kinds of things are happening to somebody somewhere every single day. And we were astonished when we did a little research to find that a vast majority of people found themselves woefully unprepared for one or more of these types of emergencies. And particularly after this COVID year that we've experienced, I think a whole lot more of us are paying closer attention to things like grocery store supply chains, the ability to be able to buy gas, the ability to be able to move freely about, or what's going to happen if we do have to stay home for three weeks solid. Practical Prepping for Everyday People by Mark and Crystal Lolly, also making contact during emergencies. Go to Amazon, look these up, add these to your collection we sure appreciate it also some condiments something like hot sauce texas pete hot sauce cholula franks that type of thing regular ketchup good old ketchup mustard various types of mustard there's regular yellow there's deli spicy brown there's dijon there's honey mustard you know, enough mustard and enough hot sauce, you can eat pretty much anything. You can. Also, things like pickle relish. They make both a sweet pickle relish and a dill pickle relish, and those are great to have on a like a quick, fast hot dog or just to be able to flavor up some bland sandwich or something. Also, vinegars, such as white vinegar. Not only is used for flavoring, but white vinegar is an extremely essential liquid to have on hand for cleaning and disinfecting purposes. Mm-hmm. Apple cider vinegar, extremely useful for cooking, mainly for cooking and flavoring. And something else you can use apple cider vinegar for if we're in a long-term SHTF situation and there are other listeners like I that have acid reflux and have heartburn. Exactly. It seems counterintuitive to put an acid upon an acid, but many times acid reflux is happening in your body because of a lack of available stomach acid, and your body tries to overproduce well, it. I, I know that uh, apple cider vinegar, like a tablespoon a day, will really help keep that down. It really does. It also does well with leg cramps. It does because it has electrolytes and properties in there that are extremely good at uh, alleviating those muscle spasms. There have been times that I've been working in the yard or something, and I've gotten leg cramps, and I just come in and I get a bottle of apple cider vinegar, and I pour me up about a half ounce or so, and I just drink it straight. straight it's down. yuck. And you can <laughs> you can add water to it, but I think it's just quicker for me just to go ahead and do it, and it doesn't take long to knock those leg cramps out. Um, other things you can have on hand that have a good long shelf life would be honey, molasses, chili sauce, which is that red sauce that you see in the ketchup aisle, barbecue sauce, soy sauce, and Worcestershire sauce. These types of things are very vital in our cooking, and we want to be able to have access to those things in highly stressful because we want our food to taste good if things around us are bad. Mm -hmm. So we just want to make sure that... And even if we're cooking without electricity, which we have to do if the power goes out because we have an electric stove. But we can pull out the camp stove. We can cook on the grill outside, which has a side burner. We can fire up that turkey fryer and use the the flame portion and the base to put a pot on that. But we want our cooking to have the same result. We want to have good food. Yes. So if we're in a situation, all of these types of items help us in being able to flavor our food 
and produce or you produce delicious tasting food. <laughs> Notice he said me, huh, right? Because I guess I'm the cook in the family. Although uh, I got to brag, Mark can make a killer breakfast. He is a good breakfast maker. Okay, something else to have on hand would be plastic utensils. I suggest just for the eating, just the spoons, the butter knives, and the forks. But when it comes to cooking, you're going to want heavy-duty utensils, metal utensils used for cooking, larger spoons, spatulas, whisks, the types of things that you're using. You don't need plastic. Yeah, things like plastic spoons, plastic forks, they can be used for eating. But if we have to go to a cooking situation... You can use the utensils that are in your kitchen already. Oh, absolutely. We're not talking about something else you have to buy there, uh, but to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Now, what about cooking on an open fire, cooking over the grill, cooking on that turkey fryer where we're actually using open flame? Well, that's where you're going to want to invest in some cast iron because that's probably going to be your longest-lasting, most usable, most reasonable type of cookware on that situation, with the exception being on my grill where I have that extra little side burner. Mm -hmm. I can use any of my aluminum or stainless steel pots on that burner because it actually has a little grid that it sits on, and you can use it like you would an inside type of a gas stove. But over an open fire, the cast iron is going to be, in my opinion, the best use. And you may want to just find maybe just a couple of pots that will work, like a Dutch oven and also a skillet that both can use the same lid sometimes works. That's a very Hmm. practical. They actually make lids that are even a type of a pot itself. They make a lid that when you turn it over, it actually becomes a shallow cook pan. Okay. But go with cast iron on anything open flame. Okay, what is this melamine dinnerware? Yes, melamine dinnerware is a good, non-breakable, reusable, easy-to-clean form of dinnerware. Melamine is a type of a very rigid style of plastic. It's not like corningware, and it's certainly not like china. Uh, And it's certainly not plastic. It can actually take quite a bit more heat. You can, in some cases, microwave. Well, you're not going to be using a microwave with uh, no power. But melamine is just an easy clean and more affordable than using a lot of styrofoam or paper plates that create a lot of waste and garbage. You know, we're trying to be very environmentally sound with our planet. And if we're having to be in a grid-down situation for a long time, Paper plates and styrofoam plates are just going to add to the heap of waste. Well, you have to deal with that when we come to sanitation. Yes. You have to have a way to deal with the garbage that you produce. Right. So if you can just wash. The guy in the great big truck's not going to be coming by every Tuesday to pick it up at the the curb. So we're going to have to find a way to deal with that. But that's a good idea there. Uh Now, you do still need to store some paper towels. Well, there are some things in the paper goods world that that are necessary, and Mm -hmm. paper towels are certainly one of those things. They even make some now that are more biodegradable, which is a great choice. We have added a way for our listeners who would like to support the podcast to do so. We love our coffee, so you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep and buy us a cup of coffee. That's buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep. 
of course, our favorite paper product that the COVID-19 pandemic really brought to our attention was toilet paper. Almost became a barter item. I, I think so. In fact, people were sending out comments and posts on Facebook saying, you know, we'll trade toilet paper for a car. And, you know, joking <laughs> like that. And some people said, you know, that's really I, not that far out. I did seriously see quite a few folks on Facebook in particular saying, where can I get paper, uh, toilet paper? Right. I'm down to one roll. Where can I find it? And people were sharing where they saw it. Stores were limiting the quantities. So... That's something we didn't worry about because we've been prepping for a long time and mm-hmm. we have a stock. We can make it a while without having to buy toilet tissue. We never ran out. In mm. fact, ever since they began to restock it back in the stores, about this time a year ago is when we began to see it coming back. It took several months mm-hmm. for your big bulk, your bulk stores to stock it, your grocery stores to stock it. And now when we go to the grocery store or the bulk buying store clubs, we think about, let's go ahead and get another 42-pack. Let's go ahead and get another 36-pack because mm-hmm. that can be considered one of the items. Instead of buying a couple of canned items, we'll just buy another pack of toilet tissue, and we're we're set. Yeah, we're good. and it's not like we've got five years of toilet tissue we in don't. there. I mean, we don't. We're not buying it that big of quantities. No. But when it when the pack gets down to halfway, we go ahead and replace it. Right. Best way I can explain this, start with two whatever size packs you want. Start with two. Set one aside, work out of one, and when you get halfway to it, you've got one and a half. So if you'd bought the 42, now you have 63 total. You've used 21. Buy another 42 and just continue working out of that one. So you've always got a full pack. You've always got one full pack to, to carry you through. Another, and this can even be used as a substitute for toilet tissue, and that's baby wipes. Baby wipes are great for all sorts of purposes. They're a quick, fast way to clean your face. They can be used in place of toilet tissue. You have to find out, though, if the type that you have is compostable or not. Or flushable. Or flushable if your toilets are still working. Mm-hmm. You know, if your toilets are not working, then compostable is not really the issue. But also, if you have a baby and have diaper changes, you're going to need an excessive amount of baby wipes Mm -hmm. because any mom and dad knows if you're cleaning up a kid, that's going to take a lot. They can also be used in place of a shower bath. You can baby wipe bath. I've done to that. To try to, to be clean and hygienic. I mean, it's you got to use what's available to you. Especially when we were hunting and we were going to be gone for four, five, six days. And there we didn't have uh, bath facilities. And so we would use baby wipes exactly. and, and take a, what Grandma used to call a spit bath. <laughs> exactly. Clean up with those. All right. Last item we're going to talk about here is OTC, over-the-counter medications and first aid. We're talking about pain relievers, we're talking about allergy medications, perhaps even cold and flu, medications that you can purchase in the drugstore, things that you would want to have if you've got an ache or a pain or an allergy situation or a cold and flu situation, over-the-counter medications, and make sure that you rotate in and out of those because they do have expiration codes and you do want to use medications while they're still potent. 
It has been said and studied to a certain degree that medications are still safe to use past the expiration date within a reasonable period of time, say, I would say probably a month, maybe two, and that they're not dangerous, they're just less potent. Mm -hmm. But I still believe that if you can just use them within the expiration date, you're, you're good on that. And also... Make sure that your first aid supplies are up to date, that you've got a proper amount of bandages of various sizes, gauze, cloth tape, butterfly bandages are good to have in place of stitches in some case. There's also a product called New Skin, and it's a liquid bandage. It actually brushes on like nail polish, and you can use that in place of a Band-Aid, and it creates a clear seal. Also, be sure that your first aid box is up to date with the proper amount of a variety of bandages, Band-Aid-style bandages, gauze wrap. There are some gauzes that are self-adhesive that are very important to have. First aid antibiotic creams and ointments, alcohol prep pads, which is great for skin cleaning, scissors to cut bandage-type fabric. You know, just the various types of things that you feel would be important to have in a good, well-stocked first aid Mm -hmm. kit. You can purchase them or you can make your own. A lot of people make their own. And it's a lot less expensive to make a good one than it is to buy a good one, to purchase a good one. Uh, You buy these 109 items, you know, 100 of those items are small Band-Aids. Right. Adhesive bandages which, by the way, can go bad over time, they'll lose their adhesiveness, if that's a word. They'll lose their stickiness. They they don't stick. Uh And so heat will do that. So if you carry them in your EDC bag, if you carry them in your uh, bug-out bag, car bag, check those. Those need to be rotated from time to time. Heat can cause that adhesive to degrade. And there's nothing more irritating than putting a Band-Aid on and one half of it won't stick. So... Uh, that that's just one of the things. But you can purchase, you mentioned the uh, self-stick gauze called Coban. It's stretchy. It's great for making a pressure dressing. And you can also uh, buy bandages individually. And so you can purchase the items that you need rather than buying the individual or the big kit kind of thing. Okay. Anything else that we want to add? This is not an exhaustive list of things that you would need when you get started, but we've had folks that have asked us about what kind of a list that of things that we need to make. So we'll put this list into the show notes. And if you think of something else that we've overlooked here, feel free to drop us a note and we'll add it to the list as well. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the podcast today, and please leave us a five-star review. That helps more people be able to hear this podcast. Share it with your friends and family. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping, email at info at practicalprepping.info, and our website is practicalprepping.info. And as always, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.